Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. During the summer when the weather gets hot, I can only imagine how much time you plan to spend outside with friends or alone on your couch with that AC blasting. AT&T 5G and home internet keeps you connected so you can enjoy all the summertime vibes. Whether you're sharing pics from a rooftop, video calling your friends from an outdoor concert, or streaming your favorite show episode after episode. So stay connected to your favorite people and your favorite things with AT&T 5G and home internet. AT&T 5G requires compatible plan and device. Coverage not available everywhere. Learn more at att.com slash 5G for you. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about poppy seeds. And because of that, I wanted to give just a quick, like, I guess, content warning here at the top. Uh, if opioid uh, drugs are not a subject that you are up for hearing anything about today, uh, then, you know, maybe maybe give a pass to this one because we get just a tiny bit into that here and there. Yes, yes. And this was inspired by our upcoming, we are working on it, Mm -hmm. Alice in Wonderland episode. Very excited about it. Uh Uh-huh. And also our recent muffin episode, because I totally missed a Seinfeld reference, shame (laughs) on me, in that episode, the poppy seed muffin episode. Oh, that's right, because uh, because Elaine tests uh, false positive for opioid use because of a poppy seed muffin. Right. Yeah. How could I forget? I we're all disappointed in you, Annie. <laughs> I can feel your disappointment <laughs> through the Skype. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is a strong disappointment. <laughs> I will endeavor to never miss a Seinfeld reference again. <laughs> well, you better. Thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> and yes, I won't. 
I think I've maybe had one poppy seed muffin in my whole life. Maybe. Um, Whoa, really? I definitely. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I I can't even remember. Like I remember very specifically, I was in Savannah. Georgia uh, to march in the big St. Patrick's Day parade when I was in high school. And for some reason, I just remember having this muffin that I'd never had before. And it was like kind of lemony. And I think maybe that was a poppy seed muffin. I don't know. But I've definitely gotten the panic text from friends saying, oh, my God, I've had poppy seeds and I have a drug test. What do I do? (laughs) Oh, well, I think you'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I um, I really love lemon flavored baked goods. So I've had a lot of, of poppy seed baked goods in my life. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I, I love them. They're crunchy. There's a color contrast in there. They're nice. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've certainly had uh, the Trader Joe's everything bagel seasoning, which does oh, Okay, have, which contains, yeah. I'm to understand that is a very popular seasoning. And we actually got that from a sponsor, I think Thomas <laughs> Bagels. From some bagel company, I apologize. Uh, yeah, I feel like it was Thomas. Oh gosh, we're terrible people. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, we got a whole basket of stuff um, for like for the in, in honor of the bagel emoji coming out. That's right. Oh, and that emoji pillow—that's where that came from. I got yeah. an emoji pillow from that. <laughs> that's right. Okay, <laughs> and I, I certainly had poppy seed bagels at some point and I I know I've had a poppy seed hot dog bun or just a hot dog bun with poppy seeds I guess yeah so I guess another warning this one is a tricky topic and when I was in college I actually did a paper on the implications of poppy growth in Afghanistan when the U.S. intervened and tried to put a stop to it and all of those folks lost their source of income and perhaps joined terrorist organizations because of it, because they pay. Oh, wow. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So we're a food show. We're not really going to go too deep into that stuff, but we will touch on it. If you're curious, I'm not sure I've ever said this on the show, but I actually went to college to join the CIA, potentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here I am. Oh, <laughs> You never know where life will go. Exactly. And you never know where the research will take you. Exactly. <laughs> there's there's a great instance of, of that, Maxim, in this very episode. Indeed. But before we get to that, I guess we should get to our question. Mm-hmm. Poppy seeds. What are they? Well, uh, poppy seeds are the seeds of the opium poppy plant, a botanical name Popover um, siniferum. Or papaware siniferum? I'm not sure. Anyway, moving on. Um, th- these poppies are flowering herbs. That is, they're, they're a soft-stemmed plant that can grow like two to five feet tall. Um, just tall. It's like a half a meter to a to a meter and a half or so. And they produce at the top of these stalks these uh, these bright, beautiful flowers in colors from white to pink to purple to uh, to red to bluish to a combination. Um, and those flowers, when pollinated, develop into these bulbous green fruits um, that when they they yellow and ripen, will produce these oily, wee little round seeds in colors from white to black to a sort of bluish black. Uh, tiny, tiny things. Think like a, like a rough ground peppercorn or coffee in size. And so if you dry these seeds out, um, they are a crunchy and slightly fatty and sort of 
roasty, warm flavored seed that that add like a pop of texture and color to foods. They're often sprinkled on or through um, both sweet and savory baked goods, uh, incorporated into dressings and sauces and stews and puddings. Um, uh, The American sense of puddings like a, not any dessert, but a pudding dessert. (laughs) Anyway, um, or uh, or used as you might use uh, ground nuts or seeds to create like a rich filling for a pastry. You can also process oil from the seeds for culinary or industrial use. Um, the, the oil is good for helping create emulsions, which is the fancy word for like making oil and water play nice together, like in salad dressing, you know, um, and uh, for creating a drying effect in paints and varnishes because it's a dry, drying oil. Um, after you extract the oil, the cakes of these seeds might be used for animal feed. And this plant is infamous, not So much because of the seeds, partially because of the seeds, but more because in the process of living and growing, this plant produces this type of latex, like a a milky, sappy, gummy substance that happens to contain a few compounds that produce interesting effects in human bodies, uh, opiates. This latex gum can be collected and processed into opioid drugs, which can mimic the effects of compounds that our own bodies do make and can produce in our bodies pain-relieving and feel-good sorts of feelings. Uh, the, the species name, um, siniferum, roughly means sleep-bringing in Latin because of those effects. And uh, those compounds can also produce a number of negative effects um, and furthermore are physically and mentally addictive, which means that we humans can come to depend on using them and using increasingly more of them in order to feel just okay. Bad times there. Other species of poppies will grow similar flowers, but not the edible seeds and um, fewer and less of those opiate compounds. Okay. So. Mm -hmm. So. What about the nutrition? (laughs) Okay. All right. So. In a lot of cases, poppy seeds are used more as a seasoning than like a let's eat a whole bunch of this sort of food. But even a tablespoon contains like good punches of protein and dietary fiber, um, mostly healthy, unsaturated fats, uh, like good omega-3s and 6s, and just a wild amount of minerals like manganese and calcium. So poppy seeds are a pretty great addition to your diet in terms of helping fill you up and keep you going. I mean, if you mix them with like an equal weight of sugar and put them in pastry, that's a different issue, but right. <laughs> as with anything. Yes. Um, but the, the question as it relates to drug tests and I guess general curiosity, like the opium poppy produces uh, these opioids and, and you can test positive on a drug test from eating poppy seeds. So will poppy seeds get you high? Will they? No. I mean, okay, like possibly if you ate a lot of poppy seeds, maybe a little high. But at that point, you'd mostly feel like just really full of poppy seeds. Don't try this at home, by the way. (laughs) Like just like if you ate a lot of any other kind of seed, mostly your intestines would feel away and not a good way. So probably don't do that. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Definitely don't do it. Avoid that one. But okay, so... The thing about poppy seeds, the, the seeds themselves do not contain any of those opiates when they're growing um, or when they're finished. They, they do not grow to contain them. Um, but contamination can occur during processing or, um, or due to pest damage during opium poppy growth. And that contamination is low enough to be considered a, a non-concern in terms of dietary intake. Like, they will not get you high. But 
Because of the way that, that we have classically tested for opioid drugs, even the tiniest, tiniest bit of the compound morphine in your urine will cause you to test positive. So if you eat a totally normal amount of contaminated seeds, you can come back with a false positive for opioid drug use. So like, if you know you're going to have to take a drug test, probably avoid poppy seeds for a day or so just to be safe. But also, yeah, like there's um, there's discussion in the medical field um, and the uh, culinary industry about how to control for this in both seed production and in drug testing. Like you can wash the seeds to remove some of these opiates. That's a normal part of production. Um, but the the prior recommended threshold for for years and years for drug testing was only 300 nanograms of morphine per milliliter of urine, um, which is it's such a small amount. It's so tiny. Um, in 1998, it was recommended by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and by the medical world in general to raise that to 2,000 nanograms per milliliter um, because of poppy seeds, just because of poppy seeds, because so many people were false positive testing that it was considered an issue. Um, and it was raised specifically to 2,000 uh, nanograms per milliliter because Having that much in your urine roughly corresponds to having ingested the bare minimum amount of opioids that anyone could possibly take to have any kind of therapeutic effect. Even that's a crazy minimum. Anyway, um, as of 2008, many labs were still using the lower number, though, so... Mm. I will say, doing mm -hmm. the research for this one, uh, I type in Google, poppy seed history. Eight pages later, it's still, will I test positive if I have poppy seeds? What do I do? And I'm like, this isn't yeah. history. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, that is relatively recent and, uh, and a very deep and interesting and horrifying topic that we are not getting very deep into today. But yes, best advice, if you know you have drug test, again, Day or two out, don't eat any poppy seeds. You'll you'll be fine. But um, but yeah, poppy seeds have been used for just a wild range of folk medicinal purposes over the millennia. Um, but as of yet, no scientific evidence of medicinal properties has been found. Um, other than again from contamination from opium compounds. Right. And we do have some culture stuff we want to touch on in this one. Uh, in the United States, we primarily get our poppy seeds for food from the Netherlands and Turkey. The stuff you get at the store is most likely Dutch poppy seeds. And here in the States, we usually delegate poppy seeds to the realm of baked goods, like muffins, bagels, uh -huh. pound cake, particularly lemon pound cake. Seems like this lemon is a common flavor compliment uh -huh. thing happening cookies, hot dog buns, particularly in Chicago, probably due to Jewish baking traditions, bagels, hamantaschen, breads, pastas, in Indian curries, um, Trader Joe's, everything bagel seasoning, in salad dressing, poppy seed oil, poppy seed tea, which apparently can be brewed in such a way to produce some of these psychoactive effects. Uh, yeah, do not make poppy seed tea at home. Don't do no. it. You don't know how contaminated the poppy seeds may be with opioids, um, and you could overdose. Opioid overdoses are serious, and they are a serious problem um, because they make you stop breathing. So do not make poppy seed tea at home. Don't do it. Do not do it. Nope. Uh, the poppy seed roll is popular in Eastern Europe, where poppy seeds in general seem like they're a very popular ingredient. Mm -hmm. 
There's poppy seed pudding, poppy seed dumplings, and dip soup salads. And in Poland, there is a poppy seed cake called Makowiec, which Culture.pl uh, called possibly the, quote, most scandalous cake in the world. Oh, mm. scandal cake. Cake scandal. <laughs> Even so, this sweet strudel-like yeast cake boasting a, f- a filling of raisins, honey, butter, walnut, and ground poppy seeds is one of the most popular desserts in Poland. Again, why did I not try this when I was in Poland? What was I doing? Where were you? Gosh, yeah. I, I did get very lost in <laughs> Poland. Oh, <laughs> I was okay. trying to go watch a... Well, I was there for like a month, but I was trying to go watch a soccer game, a football game, and I I wandered (laughs) Uh around the city for a long time. I never got to see it. Oh, no. But I did get to try this amazing vodka. But anyway, okay. okay, (laughs) I see where your priorities were. (laughs) (laughs) Don't judge me, Lauren. Oh, never. (laughs) Well, sometimes. (laughs) Just sometimes. All right. That's that's fair. Not for that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Okay. So... There is a variety of this poppy seed roll that is almost entirely made up of poppy seeds and is traditionally eaten around Christmas and Easter, perhaps because of stories that poppies bloomed from the spots where Jesus's blood landed during his crucifixion. A Polish woman even wrote a song about this type of poppy seed roll, which I will not sing, but I will recite for you. Okay. There's no match for Lubartov. Makovets. It's aroma. It's flavor. Curls of sweet poppy seeds. Yeah. Beautiful. And and they look like, or at least in the pictures I've seen of them, uh, there are thick swirls in sort of a bread of yeah, black yeah. poppy seed. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time, um, pastries with poppy seed filling will be um, uh, rolled up like a, like a Swiss roll or a cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, with, with, with really thick, like, like equal, like breading to uh, poppy seed layer thickness. Yes. They're quite pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's the scandal though? Yeah. Yeah. The cake has a reputation for essentially, yes, introducing morphine into your system once consumed, which it isn't true, or you're not getting high off of it. But yes, a test might indicate that you have morphine in your system there has been so much writing about this because it is a really popular food thing there. <laughs> oh, man. I, and I found something else we missed in our bagel episode, Lord. Oh, the, yeah? Oh, yeah. You're going to like this one. It's called... Am I? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. The bagel Rito. <laughs> bagel Rito? Is this... what? Okay. Bagel... Mm-hmm. Bagel margarita or bagel burrito? Bagel burrito. Oh, okay. I like Although, my idea better. Bagel margarita. <laughs> I am intrigued by that. I have to say. <laughs> that gave me pause. Um, okay, so I love Marnie Shore's headline about the bagel rito over at the takeout. The bagel rito is a literal hot mess, but it has a confidence you can only dream of. <laughs> I love it. Okay. 
Here's the quote she used in that article from the representative at this event she was at. The bagel Rito is the latest breakfast innovation from Einstein Bros Bagels. <laughs> Substantial in size and high in flavor, it's loaded with two K-tree eggs, thick-cut bacon, turkey sausage, three cheeses, hash browns, salsa, and green chilies in a flour tortilla, all hand-wrapped in an Asiago bagel dough and baked fresh. Its substantial size, high flavor, and portability has earned it its slogan, big, bold, and easy to hold. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Just, <laughs> That nope. doesn't fit with your bagel sensibilities? <laughs> I'm shocked, Lauren. I'm genuinely shocked. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, you know, I like a stromboli as much as the next guy. Uh, <laughs> but I don't I don't understand why bagel dough needs to be involved in any of this specifically. It doesn't seem like the optimal type of dough for this kind of application. Mm. And furthermore, I'm really confused. Of all the things I am confused about about this. I am mm-hmm. the most confused about the fact that it is a literal burrito. <laughs> it's it's already in a flour tortilla and then you wrap yeah. it in bagel dough. Mm-hmm. This is what's giving me pause. The tortilla oh. plus bagel situation. I always love your your scientific breakdown <laughs> of these things, these very important <laughs> issues of our time. Uh, I really appreciate it. <laughs> You know, I believe in treating everything with the seriousness that it deserves. <laughs> it's one of the things I love about you, Lauren. <laughs> but the bagel Rito, I think, will be fine. Because, again, it has a confidence we can only dream of. Yeah. It is big, bold, and easy to hold. So, good good for it. Good for it. I, I appreciate that in a breakfast good. <laughs> it's true. And it's fun to say in all seriousness. So <laughs> It is. It is. Yes. Yes. Okay, so moving on from that and back to poppy uh-huh. seeds, we do have some history. Oh, uh, we do. Um, but first, we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. (laughs) I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip together. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people 
And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, West Holmes sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, okay, when it comes to the history of poppy seeds as a food, not a lot of research has been done on it. Plenty on opium, uh, Uh not so much on the food and drink uses. The opium poppy is thought to have originated in the Mediterranean. Cultivation of the poppy is theorized to have first taken place in Greece and Asia Minor, which is pretty much modern-day Turkey. Western European civilization most likely began cultivating the opium poppy, or maybe its predecessor or relative probably, during the Neolithic age. And researchers know this from the remains of large numbers of seeds found in Switzerland and Italy. It's hard to say for sure, but historians think the seeds were used both as a food and seasoning. Now, all this information is from uh, one research article I found super dense on this. And I really appreciated, slash it really annoyed me, the author liked to kind of like was misleading you and then there was a twist oh. so you're like oh so it originated here and you're you're going along with that thought in your head and then all of a sudden there's a paragraph where <laughs> the author says that's what we thought but it was all incorrect oh my gosh gosh oh, darn wow. it now i have yeah. to go back and uh, <laughs> anyway lead with the correct thing then go into the isn't it interesting that we used to think this other thing it was I a mean, very M. Night Shyamalan research paper. <laughs> there were more than one twist. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ancient Egyptians and Greeks recommended poppy seeds as a form of painkiller and sedative. The Hippocratic Corpus, which was a collection of medical texts primarily written during the 4th and 5th century BCE, detailed something called poppy juice. 
Homer mentioned garden poppies. Cato the Elder wrote about poppy cultivation in Italy. The first instance of differentiating between black and white seeded poppies is believed to have come from the Hippocratic De Dia Eta during around the same time, where they were described as strengthening and nourishing. And the work recommended a mixture of white poppy seeds, meal, and honey for people recovering from disease. The first instance of describing a species of poppy other than the opium variety came to us from Theophrastus, and later Diosacorides and Pliny expanded the number of poppy varieties in their writings. Pliny also documented using poppy seeds as a seasoning for bread, and so did Galen, but only in small amounts, as he believed they made you sleepy in large quantities. Once the Egyptians figured out how to make edible poppy seed oil, they might have mixed it with honey and put that in bread, which sounds really good to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Throughout ancient times in the Mediterranean region, the opium poppy was pretty much the only one that was used in any sort of food or drink way. The rest were used almost completely medicinally. And the absence of the poppy in certain works during the time, certain works around cuisine— Uh, seems to suggest that it was perceived as more of a food for commoners. Okay. Um, And yeah, those medicinal uses of um, primarily the opium poppy, but probably other types of poppies, over the course of history have been really intense Um, uh, from various times throughout the world. um, According to Purdue University's horticulture department, um, opium poppy has been, quote, regarded as analgesic, anodyne, antitussive, aphrodisiac, astringent, bactericidal, calmative, uh, carminative, uh, demulcent, emollient, expectorant, hemostat, hypotensive, hypnotic, narcotic, nervine, sedative, sudophoric, sure, and tonic. Um, And poppy has been used in folk remedies for asthma, bladder, bruises, cancer, cataract, catarrh? Sure, cold, colic, conjectivitis, cough, diarrhea, dysentery, dys- dysmenorrhea, mm-hmm. enteritis, enterorasia, fever, flux, headache, hemicrania, hypertension, hypochondria, hysteria, inflammation, insomnia, leucoria, malaria, mania, melancholy, nausea, neuralgia, o- otitis, uh, pertussis, prolapse, uh, rectitis, rheumatism, snake bite, spasm, spermatitis, Toria, sprain, stomachache, swelling, toothache, tumor, ulcers, and warts. And warts. Okay. And warts. I love that so much, Lauren. It's been a long time Ooh. since we've had such a, a savor list on the show. And I uh, congratulate you for uh, undertaking such, I would say, probably our most difficult <laughs> list to date. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I am sorry that I am so ignorant about uh, Latin and Greek, y'all. But I hope that some some of those were understandable and perhaps a couple were even correct. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny. I hope that y'all agree. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> you got to see the faces I was making as I attempted to say the words. It was very exciting. <laughs> I felt like I was on a roller coaster. <laughs> Uh, um, what I'm saying is that people have known about uh, opium-related products for a very long time and have thought any number of things about them over the years. 
TLDR. Gotcha. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Poppy seeds were mentioned in the Edict of Diocletian, uh, which was written during the 300 CE. During the 7th century, Greek encyclopedias Paulus Egineta wrote of an ancient dessert of roasted poppy seeds with honey, both in Europe and in Egypt. The ancient Indians might have done something similar. Also in ancient times, uh, the Slavs might have believed uh, that poppies enabled crossing between life and death and maybe even made dishes of poppy seeds for the dead, believing that they came back to visit every now and then. Why not give them a treat? Yeah. Or... (laughs) In the complete opposite direction. <laughs> Perhaps they thought that poppy seeds kept the unquiet from returning, unquiet Ooh. dead. Okay. Um, depends on the source, but I suppose either way, possibly the ancient Slavs attached a spiritual quality to poppy seeds. And this brings us to a very important announcement. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, yes. Serious, Lauren. Be ready. Very serious. I'm okay. okay. Yeah. I'm I'm so thrilled to say that I got to go down a Slavic beliefs rabbit hole around vampires. Uh for this poppy seed episode. Yeah, okay. Yes. Uh, apparently, one method of defeating vampires was believed to be scattering poppy seeds on their coffin so that when they awoke, they'd be forced to count all of the poppy seeds. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Of of all the ways of defeating vampires, um their like like anal retention like like Yes. <laughs> yes. Gosh, darn it, I guess I got to count these poppy seeds. Just... Yeah, yeah, C- counting affliction is by far my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty. That's pretty great. That's a pretty I'm going to have to use that in some story I write or something. I really hope that that's where we got the count of Sesame Street fame rather than it just Ooh. being a pun on Count Dracula. Ooh, I hope so too. <laughs> Sesame Street can get pretty deep. I, I would believe it. Yeah. Somebody called somebody call the Henson Studios. Let's figure this out. Yes, we've got to. And and I shared out uh, final note on this vampire rabbit hole. I shared oh. a picture that I found with the Saver team, Lauren, Andrew, and Dylan, uh, and it gave me such joy. And it was a book cover of a vampire that I feel like was supposed to be sexy, but it really didn't. It really fell flat, <laughs> but in a way that was wonderful and glorious, and I love pretty it. glorious. Yes, yes, hmm. yes, yes, yes. All right, moving on from vampires. Legend goes that in 1681, King Jan III Sobieski's royal baker whipped up this huge Makovets, complete somehow with a representation of the queen's likeness. Okay. I thought for a long time about how that could be true. And it I never worked into the dough, maybe, or uh, or a design in poppy seeds. Sure. Okay. Sure. Another Polish king, Stanislav August Ponatowski, allegedly once received a huge one of these things as a gift. Or this again, according to culture.pl, I couldn't really verify that anywhere else. And other places had similar stories, but with different food items. So Hmm. mystery's history. Mm -hmm. Swiss physician Paracelsus, sometimes dubbed as the father of toxicology, 
often gets credit for coming up with a poppy seed beverage that was made up of alcohol, water, and opium in the 16th century. It was called laudanum, and it was widespread throughout Europe and America up until the 19th century, even ending up in several medicinal patents. It wasn't until the early 20th century when scientists started to question the safety of opium and federal regulations were enacted around the manufacture of it that that went away. During rampant opium trade during the 18th and 19th century, British colonists demanded Bengali farmers use any suitable land for cultivating poppies. The seeds were byproducts that were then added into Bengali cuisine. Uh, yeah, and this persists in, uh, in curries and other dishes to this day. Um, and I wanted to add a, a note in here while we're talking about it um, that, yeah, the, the, the British um, and British East India Company um, forced cultivation of opium poppies in India for the production of drugs for centuries and then exported this drug to China primarily in the 17 and 1800s specifically like to create addiction in the Chinese population and then based on that trade made quite a lot of money on the balance as they bought up Chinese goods with their opium profits um, and this was just an all-around terrible thing um, that it took over a century of really hard work from within the Chinese government and culture to even begin to ameliorate. Um, and it also created a market for this exotic drug back in England, um, especially towards the end of the 1800s, which is where we get a lot of cultural references from uh, to, to opium and laudanum and products like that in um, uh, media like Sherlock Holmes and The Wizard of Oz and arguably Lewis Carroll. Mm-hmm. Okay, and here's another non-food-related sidebar. Mm -hmm. The common poppy, or red poppy, became a symbol during World War I and is to this day associated with that war. Because red poppies can survive buried in the earth for up to 80 years and still bloom when exposed to sunlight, when they do bloom, it can be this stunning, beautiful display. Uh, and this happened to a Europe devastated by war. The poppies would often grow near mass cemeteries where the earth, the dirt had been wow. disturbed. Mm -hmm. After Canadian doctor John McRae witnessed this in 1915, he wrote the poem In Flanders Field. In Flanders Fields, the poppies blow between the crosses row on row. This poem became the most well-known World War I poem in the UK and the US. After its publication, the Allies adopted the red poppy as a recruitment tool. It appeared on army posters and on materials encouraging people to buy war bonds. They were a part of ceremonies honoring the casualties of the war. Lines from the poem were briefly printed on the Canadian $10 bill. In 1918, closely after the armistice, an American woman named Moyna Michael promised she would wear a red poppy every day for the rest of her life. She also gave out red silk poppies, and these actions inspired allied organizations to sell red poppies to raise funds for victims of the war. To this day, folks in the Commonwealth might wear red poppies on Remembrance Day to honor the casualties of both World War I and World War II. Oh, and I'm so glad that you that you uh, talked about that because I've I've been wondering about the red poppy thing forever. And there you go. Yeah, there you go. In 1961, the United Nations Single Convention on Narcotic Drugs laid out the rules for the legal cultivation of opium poppies, largely around securing and monitoring operating poppy farms. Uh, yeah, it's it's really discouraged to grow 
opium poppies in the United States. Um, it's part of what makes the international drug trade of opium products such a powerful and dangerous thing. Um, in, uh, in 1997, Michael Pollan, the, the food writer, you know, like eat food, mostly plants, not too much, that guy, um, he wrote this whole piece uh, about the garden cultivation of opium poppies in the United States and how the DEA, uh, the Drug Enforcement Agency, has quietly been trying to discourage garden companies from selling opium poppy at all. The plant, minus the seeds, is listed as a Schedule II drug, which means that they can technically, the DEA can technically press charges against anyone growing any amount of it. So, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Wow, we really really covered some (laughs) far-ranging topics in this one. Gosh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, still a delicious component of everything bagels, which are kind of the best kind, so. It's true. I have a very little amount of that seasoning left. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with it in honor of this episode. Aw, aw. Gosh, I like, I definitely was like, you take that vial of that thing, because if I have it at home, I will just like eat handfuls of it, and nobody needs that. (laughs) I think I, when I, when we got that gift box, I took a picture of it and posted it somewhere. And one of my good friends immediately was like, oh my gosh, I love that seasoning. Oh. And that's when I realized that maybe people really dug the Trader Joe's everything bagel seasoning. It's an, it's an intense thing that people have a lot of feelings about. Well, we appreciate that over on Saber. We do. We, yes. If you guys had never noticed, we appreciate intense feelings, yes. Yes, and particularly <laughs> you when it comes to bagels. <laughs> yes, I absolutely. understand. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that is, a, I, that is a food fight I would not want to get into with No, you. no. Oh, my goodness. Uh, although, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of uh, food fights, uh, our, our, that, that we, we mentioned... Oh, gosh, a number of weeks and or months, I don't know what time means anymore, ago, um, we mentioned that we had been on Richard Blaze's new podcast, um, a Food Court with Richard Blaze, and um, that we battled out the topic of cake versus pie. We um, did. Somehow we're still friends. Yes. <laughs> I think that battle will live on in infamy. I think it's, oh. legends will be written about it. <laughs> It is uh, certainly living on in, uh, you know, whatever your favorite podcast player is right now because that episode went live. Was it only last week? Again, time doesn't mean anything to me anymore. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, but it's it's out if you search for Food Court with Richard Blaze um, or for Cake versus Pie or look on our social media channels. You can, you can find that one. I still haven't listened to it because I'm terrified. <laughs> oh, it's really fun. It is really yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I I can now say that Richard Blaze has said I am perhaps a little too prepared. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to wear that as a badge of honor for the rest of my day. <laughs> can never be too prepared when it comes to pie. I I would also say that if someone who's like famous because of his love for molecular gastronomy, if that dude says that you're too prepared, um, <laughs> it's it's a special honor. You should wear it as a as a badge of, of pride. 
<laughs> oh, I I definitely will. I'm going to, like, get it printed on something, or I don't know. I'm going <laughs> to update my business cards. Oh, uh, yeah. If there's ever a book written about you, I hope that's one of the, like, the like quotes on the cover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perhaps a little too prepared. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, totally check it out. It is really fun. Um, and Lauren and I got to—I think you can see our— particular like because you went into the science and I kind of went to the history yeah it was very fun yeah go check that out um and we do have some more for you in this episode we do but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go. And I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, West Holm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. <laughs> West Holm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia, and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring 
Bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener mail. It's like pretty flowers. They are very pretty. They are gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Molly wrote, I'm writing in to share a bit about egg tapping, or as my family calls it, egg smashing. (laughs) We are of German descent, but we have had smashing tournaments for as long as I can remember. My mom's side of the family participates in a March Madness level egg smashing tournament each Whoa. Easter. Oh, okay. I love this. Yeah. There, there's an art to smashing because you want to be forceful enough to crack the end of the opponent's egg, but gently enough not to crack your own egg. Once your egg is cracked on both ends, you're out of the running. When I was about six or so, my oldest sister and my cousin were in a dead heat to win, and we were running out of hard-boiled eggs fast. (laughs) As they are immensely competitive, even to this day, my cousin went on the hunt, yes, pun intended, through my Hmm. grandma's multiple fridges to find more hard-boiled eggs. He found what he thought to be a green-dyed egg in the second fridge my grandma hardly ever used. My sister and cousin wound up to smash, and upon impact, a choking, rancid odor emitted from the crash zone. Turns out my cousin hadn't found a dyed egg, but a rotten egg. Oh, no. I will never forget the smell of that rotten egg (sighs) or the reddish-colored ooze that dripped all over the carpet. My grandma was less than impressed, as were the rest of the family's noses. From then on, all eggs for the tournaments were kept in a specifically marked cartons, and my grandma <laughs> finally cleaned out her fridge. <laughs> okay, so there's so many uh, things I love about this. Uh, the March Madness bracket. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Also, I didn't know rotten eggs were a real thing. This was new oh, to yeah. me. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never... I've never witnessed one that was that far gone myself but oh yeah no like all of those sulfur compounds that are in eggs will really ramp up and it's really? ooh, it's a whole thing man see i i feel like when i have eggs they just never around that long mm-hmm. but i do have a friend who went on a pretty long uh trip and when he came back he had some eggs in the fridge and had them and i just got this like random text from him and he said, so eggs can go bad. <laughs> and I never questioned <laughs> beyond that <laughs> what happened that night. But uh, I assume it wasn't good. Yeah. No, it's it's very um, apparent upon cracking open an egg that has gone off that something poor has happened mm. in your day. Noted. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In other news, uh, Kelly wrote, I just listened to your Easter egg episode and was chuckling at the end during listener mail at the story from the person who was trying to make nuffles or or niffles. The reason why a Google search didn't turn up a recipe is because the actual spelling is even weirder. Um, And I'm going to spell it for you. K-N-O-E-P-F-L-E. If you Google that, you will see that they are, in fact, a type of spatzel. So both the writer and her friend were right. (laughs) <laughs> All of these words are fantastic. Yeah. 
because that that looks to me like nopeful. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like what Leslie Nope yeah. eats when she wants a waffle. Oh, a nopeful. Yeah, yeah oh, it's a nopeful. See, and there, Parks and Rec is coming back together for a reunion. So right. Let's let's get in touch with them. I'm sure they will <laughs> run with this idea. <laughs> oh, I hope so. That would be delightful. I um, hope so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is. Can, we'll we'll keep an eye on this continually updating story about the nipple <laughs> and the nuffles and the nopefuls. <laughs> we will. Yes. Yes. Uh, and please, if you have any information. Send it to us. Yeah. And you can do that at our email, hello at saferpod.com. Or via social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.